0: Uh, today we're deciding to dive a little bit into our realm of things that we currently do, which is quality assurance. And the fun—we the, hear this a lot in our realm, but a lot of people outside of it don't really understand—is uh, they confuse the uh, quality control with quality assurance. And the difference between it is quality control is exactly as it sounds: like we're make we're ensuring control of our product by by eliminating defects and. Inspecting them to make sure that they're made right, or the services that we're providing is actually what it's supposed to be doing. That's quality control. Quality assurance is kind of like the overall of it all, where where a control is just a little piece of the pie for a quality assurance. There's like so much stuff that goes behind quality assurance itself, and a lot of it has to do with process control, process evaluations, uh, elimination of variance. Which is like a key thing, and, and
1: risk mitigation, risk yes. identification and mitigation, yes, um, contract requirements, <laughs> oh, yes, most definitely. That's that's a big one that I've been dealing with a lot lately. Is is drilling down through contracts and and uh, you know, and it goes both ways, right? You're ensuring that your own your own outfit and your own uh, team or a uh, program are are abiding by the contract but it goes the other way too right your customers come over and say we'd like to see this now and you're like well we'd like a lot of things around here but let's let me let me go and see what the the contract says you start reading right down through and sometimes you got to go back to the cu- customer and go hey look that's not written in the contract anywhere uh we can uh help you out and do this but if you want any more than that we're going to need an addendum to the uh contract and uh you're gonna throw some more dollar bills you know what i mean
0: right and, and then that happens like uh what mvp was saying and when we say contracts we're talking about all sorts of things and it, it doesn't it, it can be for aviation it can be for co- heck, coffee shop rentals it can be for party uh, supplies it can be all sorts of things whenever you uh sign up for a service or sign up for a product you're entering into air quotes a contract and most times it's that super long thing that everyone just kind of scrolls through and checks the box at the end and clicks accept, <laughs> but but um, yeah, but for today, so we're diving into this article where it's talking about um um the system of profound knowledge. This was made by a a certain engineer named uh, William Edwards Deming, who was instrumental in helping us uh create or progress a bunch of quality assurance uh, tools that we use today. And with this system of profound knowledge, a lot of stuff stuck out to us. And we were kind of having this funny conversation offline before the episode started. And some of the stuff that it mentions in this uh, profound knowledge or theory of profound knowledge is some of the things that you can apply, not just to quality assurance as a job, but just everywhere in general and some of the things uh it talks about uh is like an appreciation for a system uh that's not just the system that you're currently in this is kind of like anything and everything that you do can and could be or can and should be uh embodied into some form of a system where they'd be like control of a process where they'd be like a a normalization of a routine Right, like meal prepping and getting ready for working out and stuff like that, or you're having a stress management routine. That's a type of system. Uh, knowledge of variance, uh, the theory of knowledge itself and psychology. And so with understanding a system of knowledge, you run into things where like, when people have ideas that they found a way into, into um, how they do things, and you really hear about the importance of understanding how people think and act and based on what they believe in and what they know to be true. And this right here is the th- the core of the theory of knowledge. And one of the biggest things that we laugh the hardest about uh, in regards to this uh, theory of knowledge is confirmation bias.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's a big one.
0: That's a huge one for us. So uh, confirmation bias is like the tendency to latch onto evidence that supports your belief and ignore evidence that undermines those said beliefs right in order and, to move and up- I think we can all
1: agree that even you know it, this is a big problem outside of even our workspace right oh, no. um, it could even be is it, you know it could even be in your personal life think about thanksgiving meals and how many uh fights have started around the dinner table because of uh differencing opinions and confirmation bias, you know, it's, it's crazy.
0: Yes. And we see this a lot, especially in the aviation realm where you see individuals who are very adamant about pushing a certain, uh, idea or program or movement or agenda. And they're just, they're so adamant to the fact that they're unwilling to hear anything other than yes, or go or push forward or whatever the case may be, where it just supports their idea. like, Say an individual says, hey, I want to fly five flights on a Saturday. And there's only one working plane in the entire freaking hangar. And so here comes a person, say a mechanic that goes, no, we can't do five flights. We only have one plane. And their brains tune out to the number that there's only one plane. They will just say like, well, make four happen. How? (laughs) How? With what? With with what? With what parts? You know, (laughs) Or with what support, right? Because especially when right. you do certain times, certain uh, organizations or certain uh, places to do certain events on a weekend requires us a, a, a wide variety of support. And some places just don't offer that on a weekend.
1: Um, yeah, speaking but, for my own organization, uh, we run into this a lot in even within the last 24 hours uh, of this episode recording here. Um, you know, hey, we, we got, we got, we got work to do. Okay. So everybody's going to work the weekend. Well, why? Well, cause we got, we got flights. Well, what do you mean? We got flights. Yeah, we got flights. I'm like, uh, okay, well, when do those pop in there? Like, Hey, you can start drilling back down and like everybody sat around a room with this confirmation by and said, fly, 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 fly. They sound like those seagulls from finding Nemo. Um, <laughs> they're just like pinging there. It's called the echo chamber, right? And you just hear, hear your own voice and the voices of others resounding your own thoughts uh, Mm -hmm. coming back and you don't hear anything different where then you, you know, you got uh, someone like six, eight, a mechanic going, Hey, real quick, here's, here's some issues that might prevent that. And they said, no, everybody's working. We'll be fine. But going with the organizations uh, that don't provide all the support. So, I'm like, okay. Well, do we have engineering on the hook? Did we just say everybody's working the weekend? All right. Well, I'm just asking the question because we've been here before. Sure enough, what do I get? I get a call halfway through the day that says, uh, "Yeah, we're gonna have to just send everybody home." Uh, turns out we don't have any engineering support. Fancy well, that. <laughs> well, well, I should have bet on black. You know what I mean? Like,
0: <laughs> You don't say <laughs> you don't say. Boy, if only
1: somebody had asked this question previously. Oh, wait, they did. You know, yeah. that's kind of the stuff. But they only hear what they want. Weekend, weekend. Everybody in this room right here is all said we're working the weekends. OK, well, what about the ones who don't work in this room? Bitch, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, exactly. Uh, and another example, right? Like, say, like, picture like an
0: event at your workplace, right? Where uh, a, a certain individual of a particular level of influence says something, and it's one of those suggestive kind of things where if you don't uh, buy in on it, then you're not with the team kind of thing. And when you don't because of your experience of it all and in your the history of all how it's going, you say, no, that's not going to happen. Or that's not a great idea. And then all of a sudden, you're the black sheep in the room, you know, like.
1: Yeah. How uh, dare you tell the director that uh, their idea has some flaws in it. Right. Like, I am infallible and you will acknowledge this. I'm like, oh, here we go. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I want to fly an F-18. We'll we'll serve this unit. We only operate C-17s. Uh, did you not hear what I, what I wanted? I want an F-18. Just real quick though, we don't have those here. <laughs> we'll make it happen. Right. I don't have that kind of authority. You know, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, exactly. It's like I, I want my Cessna
0: to climb 10,000 feet in under two seconds. Like, say what now?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, I, I don't have that ability.
0: Th- this is a Cessna, right? You understand what this is, right? It's not a jet plane. I, well, I said I wanted
1: to happen. <sighs> Fine. Or, or, but there you go. People jumping through, you know, oh, yes, sir. We can make that do. There, there goes that confirmation, right? That confirmation bias. Absolutely. Well, everybody else around here told me I could. Yeah, and everybody else is uh, trying to kiss your ass so they can they can move up. Yeah. And I get it, right? I, I get it. I'm sure I've been guilty of it at some point, too. And probably will be at some point in the future. I'm not. I'm human, too. Yeah. But but there sometimes the you just got to be that person that says yeah that that's cool we can can probably do that if these other things are are done have those other these other things been done oh no we didn't even think about that cool well we're going to need those five things done before we can do this yes
0: and that uh, that also remind uh, reminds me of this one video that we posted on Instagram where it's talking about like do you want it fixed or do you want it running? <laughs> like, well, what are you talking about? I want it fixed, running and safe. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And safe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the holy trinity of maintenance right there. Like, yeah. <laughs> fixed, running and safe. And let, let me tell you right now, like, safe is not on the table.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for this to fly, uh, safety is not not one of the concerns right now. Uh, if you want it done safe, then uh, the maintenance will be done, yeah, uh, you know, appropriately.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be down for about six months till we get all the parts and all the funding to get it rolling. And uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, so that kind of leads me into the predictions and learning, right? To the extent possible, it's best to gather evidence based on the experiments to support your theories. Holy shit. <laughs> 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 Holy shit. Right. Um, the model it's typically used for this kind of uh, theory is um, the plan, do, check, act cycle or sometimes called the plan, do, study, act cycle. And it's it's as rudimentary and empirical as it sounds like you plan something, you plan it all out with all the requirements and all the stuff that you need to do. And all the step by steps, you do it according to said plan, because how many people like, especially with risk management. Uh, sheets right like they they fill, they throw stuff on the board they make it sound nice they make it go from red to green or red or red to yellow or whatever the hell they give it some numbers to make it sound cool and so you really think like they mapped out this process and then when they go do it they do something completely different from what they just did and then
1: yeah so the the pdsa i'm just gonna say the pdsa just because uh well That would be easier than saying the full thing. But uh, it's a cyclical four-stage improvement process. Plan, do, study, act. Uh, It promotes continual improvement. So like Six was just saying, uh, risk-based planning. But from my experience, you have to have uh, a program and people that actually care about risk to get involved (laughs) uh, in the program. And I can tell you for... For me, I run the risk program for us, but like I've also been laughed, laughed at uh for bringing up stuff like, "Hey, uh, I noticed we have this issue out here. Do we have a do we have a risk involved?" Oh, well, well, the gas prices keep in- increasing in my uh my pay pay isn't increase, so do I need to put a risk for that? You know, MVP? Well, well, no, I'm just just asking here, you know, like just just trying to help the program. Maybe there's something going on that we, you know, yeah, but but laughed out of room like nobody gives a shit about that here. And we're like you probably should, but hey, I don't see everything because I'm I'm only at this level. That's why I'm yeah. uh, walking around asking you know these individuals uh, what they see and if there's anything uh, anything that's uh, looming uh, in the distance. Absolutely. So uh, the plan stage includes gathering data on the current situation and past history. The due stage is actually. An experiment stage where possible improvements are tested. Uh, the study stage results of those experiments are studied. And then the ACT stage is usually adopt improvements if the experiment found successful methods. So if you're, you know, I think of it like a, um, like if you've ever been involved in a corrective action, right? Or a uh, yes. a, a car, so to speak. Um, you, you know, you go through, you identify... Okay, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to plan to do this. Okay, now we're going to uh, do those things. We're going to implement those. That's your you know, CAI, your implementation stage. So you go through and you, and you adopt those things. Then you, after that, you have, okay, those are done. Let's do the VCA or the study stage. Uh, the VCA is the verification of the correct fact. So what they said they did is actually working. Yes. Hey, that, is, that did work. Cool. So now the, the uh, adopt or... Uh, stage is now okay hey what do we do well we did these things and we've actually had a positive trend we've had a we've driven down negative tools from uh, 50% you know loss to find rate down to a uh, 20 you know down to 25% or whatever you know mm-hmm. oh fantastic so um, obviously what we said we we're going to do is working now let's change the processes to incorporate those new those new steps. Right. And the,
0: the, a lot of this sounds like some Six Sigma stuff. And it kind of is. And they all yeah, it over- is,
1: actually. Yeah, you're very right
0: on that. They they work hand in hand. And it, it sounds very mathy, very, very mathematical. And it kind of and it is. But again, like this sort of stuff, like if you were to apply this to pretty much everything else, you'd be amazed at just how much of your life it can be broken down into a step-by-step. It's some of it's kind of redundant, it's kind of over uh overkill but it works and then what you get from this cycle is you can find out if you've been overly optimistic in your assumptions or even overly optimistic in your actions to adjust Uh, you can you can find out if you've been effective at all it in your predictions or your um, corrective actions then you you would see right away you'd be able to document the impact of what you did and often as you predicted projects during the test right so like you predict um, if you predicted that XYZ is gonna happen and it did, hey that means that you now you now have an understanding of how this is gonna happen and then what sort of trends or conditions can affect those things and what will make it change or what would make will make it do with what you want it to do and then what you can have it to improve and then
1: this so this is of- yeah, sorry to cut you off so so this is sort of like uh, maybe some of you are from more familiar with this a preventative action plan yes. Um, this is uh, similar to that. So whereas like a car would be something that uh, six and I would find, and we'd issue to the affected party and say, Hey, look, we found a flaw within your process. Uh, you need to rectify it. Um, this PDSA or, a, or, a, a uh, an, uh, what did I just say? Jesus getting old here. On uh,
0: a preventative, action, preventative plan.
1: action plan. Holy cow. Sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, the preventative action plan is where you can, it's a tool to be used for departments or individuals to self-identify problems. So, so okay, I have this preventative action uh, plan. Okay, i you know, let's say I'm in, uh, I'm a maintainer out there and I, I'm like, oh man, it, I found, you know, we're doing this wrong. We're we're servicing the hydro system wrong, and if we continue to do it this way, we run the risk of over pressurization due to um, you know the uh, maintenance manual not being thorough enough and our own training uh, being lacking, not not covering this particular piece of equipment we have. It's just very general in the training. Okay,
0: so I identified
1: that, so I start my uh, my PAP. Um, Then let's say six and I come along as as QA and we're like, hey, uh, we just noticed this. You guys are going to you have you're on the risk of uh, over pressurizing the hydro system for doing this. So we're going to issue a car at that point. You can almost you can go, hey, hey, look, we're already tracking that. Here's my here's my preventive action plan. Oh, fantastic. You guys have already identified the issue and you're working towards goals. Let me review that. Cool. And then we as QA can get involved and say, hey, yeah. And also don't forget this aspect so we can help you improve your preventative action plan and get it, you know, and, and, and drive it to uh, to resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, you, you identified something, uh, you found a flaw, you're working resolutions on it and there was no, uh, no car. Um, mm-hmm. Now that's not to say a preventative action plan or a PDSA would prevent all those prevent a car ever again. Cause you know, if I find it, well, that's, that's wrong. Uh, if you mm-hmm. find it, then great. Thank thank you for like actually reviewing your stuff, you know, mm-hmm. but that, that, that's uh, another, the, the PAPS, you know, and this PDSA is another way to kind of tie in. Um, or, I mean, excuse me, the, the, the cars and the PAPS are another way to tie in with this PDSA. Sorry yes. to, to hijack the conversation here.
0: No, I mean, you're absolutely right. And, uh, again with preventative action plans like M- mvp was saying it's it's not going to prevent everything but the f- but the fact is you have identified it and now you understand like there's ways to you, for you to mitigate those high risk items to ha- from happening right if you just flat needly um uh, just did it on your own uh, accord and whatever happens happens that's when you can run into re- some real trouble you'll see certifications get revoked you see licenses get cut up you see livelihoods get crushed and you might actually see some actual lives get lost. So what's the alternative getting your attitude or, or having to explain your process or having to send someone to the ER because he had his arm chopped off or something like that.
1: Yeah. Now it should be said, uh, be careful when doing your, these PDSAs or your paps or your cars. Um, you run the risk of, of confirmation bias. If you don't get, Additional parties involved, right? If you don't get that third party entity in there, because if you get everybody from your same shop in there, and they're going to go, I think we should do this fix. And everybody's going, go, yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds good. Let's still all do that. Okay, hey, look, man, we we finished up this this PDS, excuse me, this PDSA or this car in record time, and then you know, okay, well, let's review it. Well, what about this? Oh, we didn't think about that. Okay, well, what about this? And we didn't think about that either. What about the yeah, start over, right? So you can also run the risk of those being those PDSAs being ineffective mm-hmm. if you don't get, you know, additional uh, viewpoints and thoughts and 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 uh, information because you, you run that confirmation bias risk at that point. Absolutely. And that kind of
0: ties into this next part of the Zarka, which is called variation, right? People believe that there is much less variation in a system and a process than there is this underestimation of variation causes people to believe normal variation is not normal. Meaning like things change, things happen, like the environment changes, <clears throat> people change, they didn't get enough sleep last night or something like that. And you see any sort of variation because everyone likes to have that optimal line of performance and anything outside of that is just wrong, which honestly, variation is normal. It's going to happen. It's yeah, when I those mean, very-
1: as, as your program, as your organization grows it's gonna there it it will vary in its operation and you have to adapt to that that's why people are like well we you know we just uh going back time in with the PDSA side now well we just had this you guys just identified this problem last year and we updated our document do that now you're telling us it's not good again well no because in that year that we've uh, reviewed that process you've you uh, acquired an additional duties for your for your shop okay last year you weren't you weren't tracking consumables and now you are well that that's obviously going to be a change that's a variable that changed and you have to be able to adapt with it but you also didn't do your pdsa or your pap and say okay we've acquired this make sure our processes cover this right nope you just let it sit back and let six and i come find it
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um Again, sorry to hijack the conversation. There's six, but no. Again, you're absolutely right. And uh, and
0: as MVP was saying, like you know, like everyone wants that optimal line performance. We all do. We all want to be as close to zero defects as possible. But variations happen, and it's it's going to happen. The problem is when it starts to spike up or down. Like up being bad, down being good. And like, okay, hold on, what what happened here? Right? It starts to change your your optimal line. And as MVP has alluded to, like. If you, if you take on programs or you lose programs or you take on extra duties or you add shall must do into your, pro, into your procedures, that changes a lot. And uh, a sensible strategy to this is to examine the process and the environment in which a person works first rather than just blame the person and call that a special cause. How many times have you guys seen that happen, right? Mm-hmm. They, uh, the environment you're working in is fucking terrible. Or the equipment you're using to work with is terrible, or both. And instead of uh, the people who the, pro- the people that be the process owners or the bean counters or whoever it is that owns that, instead of seeing it as hey, we have a procedure issue, we have an equipment issue, we have well, we have an environment issue, they just see oh, it's a personal operation error. Like the person's responsible because the equipment's there, the environment's there. We can't control any of those things, so it has to be the person operating. Seen that happen way too many fucking times where like, oh, the cause is the person just doesn't know. Like, that's not the person's fault unless they're blatant about it. Like, but I, I now we're starting well, to talk into criminal. Yeah, actions. I mean,
1: I think you and I have had this conversation offline, but I know for like our own organization, we kind of put in the rule that people can't be root cause, right? Yes. So as you're going through your PDSA here or your PAP or or whatever. Uh, you know, people can't be root cause. Um, now, again, there are caveats where the the process was solid. And this person just willfully and knowingly disregarded the process. Yeah, I know what it says, and I didn't want to do that, so I did this, and it blew up in my face. Well, uh, then we got negligence. We're talking about, you know. But still, yeah. it's not really the person. It's just it's just negligence. Um, mm-hmm. That's the root cause. Yeah, uh, you, you don't say six six oh six oh six o'clock uh decided not to um you know read the process understood it has identified that he knows what it states and has also identified that he chose not to do that because um he didn't feel like walking over six hangers down to do what he needed to do and because of that this happened you know uh mm-hmm. a failure to follow process that's that's root cause, not six sucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that's a what do I call those? That's a uh, an outlier, contributing factor that he sucks. Yeah. But that's not <laughs> he just <laughs> <falling across laughs> it. I,
0: I suck. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> right. And it's very and, and again, it's very rare for a person to be a root cause, like a single one track person, unless it's like criminally flagrant. You know, like. This person in willfully intended and planned to sabotage XYZ. Or this person just willfully did not give a fuck and did XYZ. Again, that goes into negligence and that goes into fraud, waste, and abuse. But at the very but still, like stuff like that is that that's not a, a root cause in of itself. There's more to it. You can dig down. And there's a whole process for that too, like the five Y's or the or some fishbone diagram or whatever scale you're trying to use. That this is going way into the process the statistical process control of our jobs, which honestly it's kind of it, it, it hurts my brain just doing it but yeah <clears throat> it, it's it go, it goes into that variation again like and things are gonna happen and you just gotta account for them when they, when and how they're gonna happen. and sometimes the variations are so small like it's, it's almost insignificant so like yeah, it happened but big deal. Right. Like so-and-so wore a red bracelet today instead of a blue one or so-and-so uh, reflective vest is orange instead of yellow. So the fuck what? Right. But did the did uh, the job get done as it as it intended within tolerance or within specification? Yes. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this kind of goes into the psychology and knowledge piece of this theory cycle. Is as stated before, all these components they're very interrelated. Uh, both the knowledge base, the variation, conspira- or conspiracy, <laughs> uh, confirmation bias, and knowledge—they're all very interrelated and they all work together hand in hand. And the way we evaluate an idea that is not based on cold um, logic, and we may like to believe it, believe that it is. If we hear an idea from someone we don't like and then two days later, we hear the exact same idea from somebody who we respect or we venerate, we react very differently to these. And MVP and I can attest to this on so many freaking levels because there are times when we ourselves have pitched ideas or we have ourselves have pitched facts, cold, hard facts. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone's just deaf, flat out deaf to the notion like, how dare you challenge my infallible nature? But as soon as someone else says the exact same thing, almost verbatim, but because it's someone that they like, that's someone within their circle, it's someone who they themselves respect, oh, they embrace it with open arms. Like, oh, that's a fantastic idea. That's great. Let's implement this now. And then here we are sitting in the shadows like, what the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck just happened?
1: Yeah, well, that goes back to that. that, uh, We've said it several times on here. There's, um, it's a Ronald Reagan quote. Uh, it says, "There's no, nothing man can't accomplish as long as he doesn't mind who gets the credit." Um, yes. I know in our past, you know, lives at the last organization, we had, um, you know, we would we would pitch ideas or cold hard facts and say, "Hey, look, this is the reality of the situation. Um, this is what needs to be done to rectify it." I mean, crickets, okay. nothing, and then. A month later, two months later, you know, you see an email. Hey, this is the new direction. We're going to move. Thank you so much, uh, executive so-and-so, for, for uh, coming up with this idea. Uh, without you, you know, this place would fall apart. And you're going, huh, okay. Yes. Well, uh, I guess at least we're – and then and you almost have to, like, you have to remove your ego out of it and just go – instead of just going, what the – you know what I mean? You have to go. Oh, okay. All right. We're at least, at least we're getting res- resolution. Yes, you know. And it's going to be done the way we think it should be done. Right. Um but yeah, but it sucks sometimes not not uh, getting the recognition.
0: Absolutely. And and that's exactly that was our our experience and it's probably a whole lot of people's experience. And as long as you're having like the the logic behind it, like the cold the facts, the the un, the, fil- the filter through facts from opinions and you present it in such a way, if it's there and it's actionable, like you can actually do stuff with it. It sucks that you're not the one to actually drive it for action, but as long as it's being made for action, like say for instance, like, hey, we have an unsafe crane that's just running wheels around the freaking flight line. You, you want it fixed and you've told people that it needs to get fixed and nothing's happening. But say if the right person t- tells whoever's in charge, like, hey, th- this needs to get fixed. It 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 kind of doesn't matter at that point who got the credit as long as the unsafe condition is removed from the equation. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, all true uh, for that. Uh, for a scenario, um, I might have told you all here before, but uh, I was working for a program that had uh, this ancient tug, and the <laughs> throttle cable kept breaking, and it would just keep cutting off the end and splicing it, cutting off the end and splicing it until eventually. Uh, the cable was so old and brittle that it just finally broke and it was so short. You couldn't splice it anymore. Like it was just done. So all you could do is grab on the end with a pair of vice grips and pull it to make it work. Yep. <laughs> um, and you, you, you bring it up to people and you bring it up to people and it falls on deaf ears and nothing. Cause they're not the ones dealing with it. But then guess what? One day the old managers out there and you say, Hey, you know, we're going to be, uh, we're going to have to tow this plane quite a way. So instead of you you walking the wing, how about you just jump on the tug and drive? And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, sounds good. Thanks, thanks. And they jump on the tug, and you're like, where's the uh, throttle? Oh, you see those vice grips? Uh, yeah, those are on long-term checkout to this tug, and that's your throttle. So good luck. And then uh, next thing you know, all of a sudden, you're getting replacement cables in, or actually, I think they got a whole new replacement tug. <laughs> So sometimes you got to let it, you got to put those people in those kind of situations. So they, cause they hear it, but then they don't do anything because it doesn't directly affect them. Well, now it directly affects them. Right.
0: Exactly. And, um, there, there's this one part of the theory of knowledge that really stuck out to me. And uh, I'll share this with you. It goes, uh, best practices without the understanding of the theories behind it is just, it's, it's going to lead to catastrophe for an organization. Jesus fucking Christ. Like that's like the most <laughs> profound thing I've ever heard in my life. Because how many times do we hear, Oh, like, Oh, this is the best thing ever. Or this is the best practices that these top performers do or whatever the case may be. Like it, it just sounds amazing. And when done right, it actually is amazing. But if you don't understand the idea behind it, if you don't understand the, the how to's about it or what made it, what it is. And you try it for yourself. You're next thing, you know, you're plowing, you're, you're running into this proverbial wall if you can't understand what's going on. It doesn't work for you. It doesn't, it doesn't work with what you're trying to do. It doesn't integrate right or whatever the case may be. It just it just stonewalls you every single time. And again, MVP and I have have seen this happen on so many occasions where we see people try to implement uh, best practices, air quotes best practices, and it just doesn't work out. Like and they just they just uh, forehead or uh, palm to forehead. Like, why is this not working? Well, because you guys don't understand what you're doing, <laughs> right? Like, are you supposed to make something work if you don't know how to do it? Like, I can put my five year old in a car and I can tell him, like, oh, here's the steering wheel, here's the gas pedal, here's the brake pedal. He's not gonna understand what the hell to do because he's never been in a fucking car before.
1: <laughs> well, right, and that goes like so. When you see that happen, then you go, well, how did you come to this conclusion? Then, like, if you don't know what you're doing, how? how did you get to this? This is what we're going to do to, to fix it. Oh, well, that's what so-and-so over there said they would do. Okay. Was it, they explain how to do this? No, they just said that's what they would do. And they're higher in the chain than us. So we said, okay, sounds good. Nobody will, nobody will question them. I was like, well, did they explain to you how to, how to go about this? No, Well, see. There you go. Like you can't, I can't tell six, like, this is what I would do and not explain anything. And then six is going to go I 100% understand, you know, Yep. Um, I mean, that's just that's just back to communication, and it's not nothing really terrible, but you know, you got to ask questions or you got to explain it properly.
0: Yes, absolutely, and that goes into like misinterpretation and yeah, misunderstanding. It
1: leads right into this next part.
0: <laughs> yeah, misinterpretation and misunderstanding. Yeah, and because, because again, like if you don't explain or you don't ask questions, you that turns into misunderstanding. Like he's like, oh, I, this is how I do it, like okay awesome sounds easy enough right and you and you plug the three prong into the four prong outlet you know
1: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> it just it's not gonna work but you just you said plug it into the wall like yeah obviously but not the one that where you have to force it to fit or it should be common sense that you don't flip the switch that has a lock on it <laughs> or a big red tag hanging off from it and then and then likewise with misinterpretation like Uh, uh, people misinterpret things at all sorts of levels, right? Like say like us, uh, uh, us at the ground mechanic level, we explain certain things. And then people three, three levels above us, they don't understand, or they misinterpret it thinking we're being a bunch of assholes. Like, Oh, you don't want us to fly. You just want your days off. Like, no, I don't want to fly because this will crash or this will have problems. And it's just going to turn into more work for everybody.
1: But I don't want to fly because we have a hairline crack in the spar and I need NDI to tell me the severity of that crack. Is it, is it, you know, into the metal or is it paint? I I don't know yet. I need, I need that determination to help make a decision. But until then, I don't feel comfortable putting somebody in this thing and sending them thousands of feet into the air. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And likewise, say, like from
0: the management level or the senior level, when we flow down information or processes, right, it's it may be misinterpreted as, oh, I just don't give a fuck about your livelihood. Like, no, I, I actually do care. And me being on the floor and me taking your uh your complaints and your your voices and implementing into a process, it's going to suck when I first put it into effect because, you know, we got to take things out. We got to uh, address some gaps there's going to be growing pains there's going to be a lot of well this isn't this isn't what i'm accustomed to kind of thing the the gears are going to grind before you start going in the other direction but if you just if you just follow through with it it's going to eventually pick up pace and it, it'll be as if nothing nothing bad ever happened but mm-hmm. uh, it's that initial slowdown that that gets misinterpreted like we just think like oh they're just being a bunch of dicks to us or they they just don't care about what we do or how we do it say yes we do we understand it's that's just part of the game or that's just part of the process or changing gears it's gonna grind for a few for a few steps or two before it catches up in the direction you need it to go but it happens but being able to bridge those gaps between misunderstanding and misinterpretation from all levels that's the key in all of it. And again, it flows down to what, to communication As MVP has said earlier. Like if we're able to communicate these things before it happens and as we're doing it and our thought process and theories behind it, then we can at least expect when those gears are going to start grinding. So we can say, okay, this is going to be abrasive, but it's temporary instead of just reacting to it. Like, oh, this sucks. This is fucking terrible. This is bullshit. And then just thinking that there's no end. And when the end already happened, but you're still stuck in that mindset of remembering of when those gears started hitting. If that makes any sort of sense to anybody. <laughs> right. Uh, man, this is giving me so many flashbacks right now. Like, cause a lot of this stuff talks hand in hand with the stuff that we've experienced. And a lot of the stuff that we currently deal with now, and especially when it, in terms of preventative action, risk mitigation, uh, checking for effectiveness, verifying for effectiveness, and then adjusting as we need to and
1: right. then
0: just explaining variation like uh, a lot of people think uh see variation or uh deviation or deviating from the optimal performance is bad but sometimes yeah, and you happens. can also
1: you know back into the missing misinterpretation and misunderstanding you know you could find a flaw and you address them and say you know hey we found this well how did, how did you not know that this was, uh, you know, management comes down? How did you not know that this was an issue? Well, because I don't have insight to that. Nobody's sending out a mass email telling us all the inner workings of this place. Um, well, I told, your, I told your direct, you know, supervisor. Well, they haven't said anything to me, so I can only know what I know. Yeah. You know, if I don't know there's a problem, then I don't know to fix a problem. Absolutely. That kind of stuff, too.
0: Yeah. Or, or if they're telling me it the wrong way, then, you know, misinterpretation uh, creates more inter- misinterpretation and misunderstanding. And then we're just like in, in this endless cycle of like, like, it's like the telephone game in school, right? Like it starts off with uh, like uh, Tom w- wore a, a red shirt and a green hat. And then you go down the line to the by the time it hits the f- 25th student. And next thing you know, they're talking about a fucking duck that quacks green or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like where the fuck did the duck come from <laughs> Right. <laughs> and then uh, the next thing like how did we get here and then you start tracing it back to uh, back to the original source and I'm like this was nothing like what we wrote down before or what we did
1: how the hell did we get here <laughs> yeah how, how do we get to this conclusion
0: right and then so understanding knowledge itself and how to handle people and the cycle and Understanding the theories that drive things, that that's the idea. I know it. that it's
1: it's continual and cyclical. It, just because you go through this PD one of that like going to the PDSA, just because you go through that one time doesn't mean that's it. Hey, we problem resolved. We're never going to have to see this again. Nope, that's where the variant side ties in. You're just continual, continually looking to improve. Continually, just because you resolve one time doesn't mean like you wash your hands of it. It's it's uh unless you know the program's going to collapse in three in 30 days in which case why did you invest some time into fixing this anyways when it would just fix itself by no longer existing but <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but but it, you know for it it's continually improving you have to just keep keep working at it you know hey okay we got this fix off the top but you know this we got to be mindful of uh what's going on and how things are changing and, and, and working those changes as they come. And that's tough to do. Don't get me wrong. Like everybody gets stuck in their day-to-day grind. Um, I'm, I'm guilty of it myself, right? Um, you get stuck in that day-to-day grind and all the little fires that kick off and continual schedule changes. And, you know, you're, you're, you're staying flexible to that, but, and so some things get put on the back burner. Understandable. Happens in any organization, in any company, in any industry. Absolutely. It is what it is. Absolutely. But uh, all you can do is um, do your best.
0: Yes, <laughs> and and sometimes the continuous improvement. Because every time we think, oh, continuous improvement, like how you can only get better at something so much with a current system and process. Sometimes the continuous improvement is revamping or designing a new process or system. That happens yeah. too. That happens too. If you could, and then like when he said earlier, like sometimes the, the, the best thing to do is just let that program die <laughs> or let that system die because it's just not effective. It just, it's not, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And you what can, not was that, can Simpsons
1: o- episode with Ralphie? Stop, stop. It's already dead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't kill it anymore. It's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like you can, you can only breathe life into a dead horse so much, you know, so, or polish shit so much. So. Sometimes the continuous improvement is making a whole new process or system or routine and then going from there. But that's you can only do that based on previous performance or previous history. And the only way to really do that is to understand the theory of what drives all of it. Like, what are we trying to do? What's our hope for doing? What do we want done? And what's our our optimal result? What do we want? And if you can't answer any of those, then you're just shooting in the dark. You're just continuously improving nothing. <laughs> you're finding yep. new ways to invent nothing.
1: <laughs> That's right. So therefore, just, you're contributing nothing.
0: Right. If we can get, if you can give you less than nothing, we would. But for that, you get nothing. <laughs> Since we can't,
1: you get nothing.
0: <laughs> uh, I miss that guy. <laughs> uh, man, I miss that saying. That's so good, awesome. He used to he used to cut me so hard, but nah, now it's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, I love it. And and again, this is like this we kind of do- dove a little into our current situations or our current jobs right now, especially with quality assurance. But again, like we said in the beginning, like the, this applies to a process, this applies to any industry, this applies to any aspect of your life because if if you can't explain what you do as a process or a step-by-step, then do you really know what you're doing? Question mark. You know? <laughs> That sounds very, that sounds very manufacturer-esque, but it, it's pretty spot on. You know, like uh, day in, day out, your life begins at a certain step or you, you do things at a certain step and from one step leads to another a process comes in and you do certain things and you get a result, whatever that result is. So uh, any, any other final thoughts for this episode MVP?
1: No, nothing, uh, nothing really from my end. Just, um, just uh stay open minded and and stay vigilant to uh your area of operation and its ever changing needs. Absolutely. That's a very good one. And again, uh, I'm gonna tie in that the
0: Oh, and don't get stuck in the echo chamber. Yes. That's it. That's exactly it. Like don't uh don't ignore result uh evidence that's contrary to what you believe in. You know, if, if take that's evidence it, nonetheless. Yeah. If <laughs> it's const- if it's objective evidence, it is what it is, and you get and 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 roll with it as you need to, adjust yeah. where you need to, and move and move on.
1: Yeah, don't be this individual. Uh, we have a uh, someone in management where I currently work where we caught on and said, "Hey, you didn't do this, and the process says you will." Well, I don't, I don't like what the process is. I don't and I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, it's what, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that was the response that we got. But I was like, uh, "Well, it is what it is." And if you yeah. want it to change, uh, you have to go and pull the process out and change it. Good luck with that, though.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah. Like you can't you can uh, redefine things so it fits into your narrative. Like you yeah. have you have to take it for what it is, and then and then adjust yeah. as you need to. Yeah. If the whole system needs to be revamped, by all means, do it. But you can't redefine things just to have it fit in your narrative <laughs> or fit in your
1: system of beliefs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: like jab hook <laughs>
1: it's, it's crazy man but yeah uh, that's 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 all from my end
0: and yeah that, that kind of ties hand in hand with what I said but what do you guys think let us know what you guys think about it uh, what sort of stuff the PDSA cycle or the prevention plan means to you how would you apply stuff like this if you have any examples of anything we've said uh, with confirmation bias and stuff like that let us know in our social medias in our various ones or you can send us an email at uh, our website at cancelformaintenance.com whichever is easiest for you and whichever is most effective uh the absolute best would be to join Patreon and get on our Discord we're chatting it up in there like daily like all the time sometimes we do uh live like lives in there and then any further projects we got for the for the podcast or for any other venture that we're trying to go with it's all going to be on our Discord so that'd be the 100% best way to interact with us. And on that note, uh, thanks again, everybody. And we'll see you again next time. Bye everyone. We would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear and create merch for all of our listeners with special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Caleb Stockhill, Jenny Dignan, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks such as access to our private Discord, discounts on and early access to merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. Visit our shop at cancelformainness.com and grab some swag to show off both your support for us and your prowess as an aircraft technician. If you have suggestions for the show or have a guest recommendation to be on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at our website and do, we will do what we can to get your ideas and or your recommendations on the show. You can also follow us on social media, such as on Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at Kanks, C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, Twitter at CXMX Podcast, and now you can catch us on Tapas where you can view our latest comics. Check out our affiliate, rockwelltime.com, for watches and eyewear that support both your sporty and classy lifestyles. Use the code CX4MX, that's the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total purchase. Thank you all again for your listenership and support, and we will see you all next time.